Hey, I'm Jacob Lewis, and you are listening to Neighbors, a show about what connects us. I don't know about you, but after the election news was announced last Saturday, I realized that for a while now, I had been clinched. And there was an unclinching that happened, a wave of relief to at least know the results. But that clinching was about more than the election. It was about the pandemic, the change of seasons reminding me of all things I would do at this time of year if this were a normal year. It was about work and loneliness and the fact that our family is putting our dog down soon. It's birthdays missed, that feeling of just being with a lot of people. So it was like once the election was called, I could breathe again, but there was a flood of undealt with stuff behind that release a flood of grief. Today's story is about something kind of like that, a milestone, a wedding. Didn't happen in a normal time, but rather in 2020, a very not normal time. This particular wedding happened earlier on in the pandemic. But like me with the election, what happens when it's all over and you're left exposed to process the year? Producer Michelle Dallenberg brings us this story of a Corona Bride. Susan Busa is a filmmaker and instructor at Texas State University. When COVID-19 started to hit the U.S. in late February, she got nervous. As a person in her 60s, every cough or sneeze from a student set her on edge. She, like many instructors, ended up teaching the second half of the semester via video conferencing software. But she never thought that when it came time for something personal, like getting married to her boyfriend Mark, it would also be over Zoom. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> well, there are a lot of people. Hey, everybody. Susan's Zoom wedding is similar to a normal wedding. Greeting and seeing family, getting dressed up, having a ceremony. But there are little differences, like Susan's daughter pulling her back by her skirt so the Zoom camera can see her better. The dog hanging out next to the officiant, his owner. Someone whispering, oh no, we forgot crams, so everyone can hear. And there's one big difference. Most of the guests aren't here. At least, not in person. So what does it mean to be a Corona bride? It means that you had planned your wedding and everything was a go. And then Corona showed up and you had to either cancel, postpone, delay. It really affected your wedding plans, your honeymoon plans, everything. So some of these uh, brides have been planning for like a year and a half. Goodbye, <laughs> it's all over, right? Susan's wedding was supposed to be at a beautiful vacation home in Texas, next to a river, under a pavilion with friends and family from all over the country. After the wedding, the guests would picnic on the lawn. Susan and Mark had spent weeks going around to all the Goodwills in Austin, buying up every wicker basket they could find. Each table would have this giant basket full of fried chicken wings, potato salad, just a couple of bottles of wine and stuff. And each table would then eat family style out of this ginormous picnic basket. Susan met Mark on a dating site in 2015. Susan is 60 years old. She has two adult children. After her first marriage ended 20 years ago, she was cautious about getting back into dating. 
And I really picked out relationships that I could not possibly have a commitment in. That's what I did. But then she met Mark. After a few dates, he was all in. But Susan took a little longer. What made you fall in love with him? Over time, I got to see the content of his character. That's what did it. I trusted him. I got to trust him. Susan worked at a store. While they were dating, Mark would show up with lunch. Lettuce wraps that he made himself. Took a little bit too much mustard that smushed everywhere, and he had gone home and made it and wrapped it up. It was so adorable. Stupid lettuce wraps is kind of what finally sort of melted my heart because it was so dear. And one day he came in and my heart went flippity flop. Susan and Mark had been living together since 2016, not worried about getting married. But then Susan started thinking. I want to be sure that you get my social security if I pass away. These are the things you think about when you're 60. They also knew they wanted to do something public that included their friends and family. I'm making a commitment to Mark, but I'm also committing my friendship group and my family into loving him as well. It tells them that this person is the most important person to me, and he's going to be important to you as well. As the world went on lockdown when COVID-19 hit, Susan and Mark wondered what to do about their wedding in May. Mark was still going, it'll be fine. You know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, right? Because it's, it's only March. It'll be fine. But the COVID news got bleaker every day. I couldn't even believe the words were coming out of my mouth, um, saying maybe we should, we should do this a different way. As Susan and Mark considered their options, she remembered her Zoom classes. They weren't interested in postponing. Because of the age we are, this is the unromantic part. What if one of us gets sick? Mark works in an essential industry. If something happened to him, Susan wouldn't have the same rights that she would as his spouse. Getting married now would solve that. Plus, Susan's mom is elderly. What if she got sick? Or what if she just passed away from what you pass away when you're 87? I did not want to go into a wedding mourning. Well, let me tell you, planning a wedding on Zoom... That's a whole romantic comedy all by itself. Things had to dramatically change. They switched their venue to her sister's deck, which overlooks the Austin Greenbelt. Their officiant was now Susan's brother-in-law. Susan's daughter and son-in-law were some of the few who could be there in person because they also live in Austin. They'd be the matron of honor and groomsmen. Figuring out their side of things was easy. It was the guests that were the hard part. Like using FaceTime to help her elderly mother download Zoom. The hilarious part, I kept saying, just mom, just put your camera, put your phone up to the computer so I can see what's going on. And she'd press it up right up to the computer or have it down. I said, no, I'm, I'm looking at the coffee table. I'm trying to, I'm like, just, and I said, no, mom, just put the, put the camera back to your face, put the phone back to your face. So she's showing me her forehead. I said, all you got to do is just hold the camera in front of your face like a mirror. She did it, thank God. COVID affected a lot of the things you would have imagined. The most obvious being that this was a remote wedding, but it also affected things that were kind of surprising. So I found this pretty little summery dress that was long, that was white background and floral. Susan ordered it from a company in India to be made to her measurements. 
She was so excited she'd found the perfect dress. But then she got a message from the company, a consequence of the pandemic that she didn't see coming. Sure, it might keep her loved ones apart, but no way it was going to affect something like her dress. So they sent me a letter saying, hey, we're not going to get this done in time. The company had switched their factory from making dresses to making hospital gowns and masks. And, of course, I'm going, of course. So Susan had to give up her dream dress. She searched online for something different. She found a dress that was similar to the first one. Summery, long, floral, with a white background. It was more expensive than the other one, but with the money she and Mark got back from the venue and caterer deposits, she could afford it. It was delivered just in time. Hey, say yes to the dress. I don't even know what that show's about. Stay with us to hear how this wedding goes right after the break. When you're having your wedding on Zoom, flexibility is key. Turns out, Susan was the perfect person to have a Zoom wedding. If you remember, Susan teaches film and she used to work in TV. So as her wedding shifted from an event to a production, she started to think less like a bride and more like a live TV producer. We're going to set up three different computers and log them all online so that my son can switch from different angles. Her son and his boyfriend would be the Zoom MCs hosting remotely from their quarantine in Alabama. It was supposed to go like this. First, the camera would be on her son as he sings a song she wrote for a children's play she once directed. Then Susan's brother-in-law and Mark would come in. Then we'll show up a picture of my mom as if she was walking down the aisle. She'd just be sitting on her couch at her house. Then the camera would cut to her niece in Arkansas. Doing her flower girl thing in the backyard of her house. And then my sister and my, my daughter will come out as my bridesmaids, and then I'll come out. I'll come out of the, of the sliding glass door and walk the 10 steps it takes to get there. Procession, readings, songs, vows, the kiss. The rituals will all be there. It will just be on Zoom. Weeks before, Susan and Mark had let all the guests know what was going on over email. They weren't sure how they'd respond. And Susan and Mark weren't sure how they felt about the whole thing in general. They waited to see how their friends and family would react to the idea. First of all, a friend of ours, Gretchen, called. She was the only person that called right away. And that was really nice. Because Susan was feeling incredibly sad about the whole thing. It wouldn't be the same. This was supposed to be special, and the weight of it was hitting her. But then she got a text from another friend, Ron. And said, this is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm going to be there, and I'm even going to put on a tie. And that turned the ship around for me. When he said, I'm, I'm even going to put on a tie. I, I, I can't explain, that changed my heart instantly when he said that. That this was all going to be okay. It's the day of the wedding. The guests sign on to Zoom one by one for a pre-ceremony happy hour. BYOB, of course. There are three full pages of faces on the screen, 
arranged in rows, Brady Bunch style. Everyone is dressed up, some sitting on living room couches, some at their kitchen tables, some lounging outside in their backyards, all of them excited to celebrate Susan and Mark. For the most part, the day goes as planned. The ceremony begins with a short procession onto Susan's sister's back porch. Zooming in from Alabama, her son Jack sings Lovely Day, a song Susan wrote. We'll take all day just to play, drift away, what do you say? Because today is such a lovely, lovely day. With this ring, Mark, with this ring, I promise to stand with you. I promise to stand as we share this life, as we share this life, and cherish the memories, and cherish the memories we make together. By the power vested in me by the state of Texas, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Mark, you may kiss your wife. How did the wedding go? Coping with the pandemic and how it's affecting us comes in waves. Two months later, Susan reached out to me. She wanted me to know that she had had some realizations about her wedding and been doing some thinking. You know, the wedding was lovely and touching and all that kind of stuff. But I thought I was more zen about everything than I actually was. <laughs> some things came up that Susan didn't expect. Like when she was getting ready for the ceremony, she had some sweet moments with her daughter and her sister, but... I was kind of by myself getting dressed because the few people that were there had things to do. Before COVID, she'd pictured herself surrounded by women, doing each other's hair, helping each other get dressed, drinking mimosas, and just being together. I think the ritual of passing from being one kind of person to being in another kind of person, those things, I, those are, are, I think, healing and important. What it really did was it made me respect how important the community of women really, truly is. Because I, I, did, I did note the absence. Let's put it that way. I noted the absence. Susan had another letdown on the way to their honeymoon on the Texas coast. She got some disappointing news. The front camera that was supposed to stream and record the wedding had gotten knocked out of place. So the view of the guests and the only recording of their wedding had been from behind. She was devastated. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just ruined. You know, I, what? why? Why didn't the camera, you know, I was like in, in the grips of insanity is really what it was. And Mark is like, you know, here we are starting our marriage life and I'm bouncing off the, the walls of the car because that, that front camera hadn't worked. It wasn't about the camera. The news broke something open in Susan. It felt like an acknowledgement emotionally that I had been ignoring about how much tension and how much stress and how much sorrow the world situation had been causing me. Susan had been so focused on making the best of things that she hadn't had time to mourn what would have been. She was happy with the way things turned out. But 
you you do have a sense of of you know regret that you didn't get to have everybody there in person and it was because the enormity of where we are on the timeline of the world and what's going on right now that's what got to me all of a sudden it just felt really massive that we really couldn't be together we really weren't there that really you know so that tiny little thing of that front camera made me kind of lose my mind for a little bit COVID has forced many of us into isolation, physically distant from the people we love. Some of us are struggling, lacking physical touch and in-person connections. We're not sure when things will get back to a sort of normal. Watching Susan and Mark's wedding is bittersweet. It's full of love, but it's hard not to think of the joyful Riverside picnic that would have followed the ceremony. The hugs, the jokes, the conversations with friends and family that would have happened. But Susan finds an opportunity for growth in it all. It was eye-opening. It shows the value of community. And we were in a, we are, and we still are, in a time period where we're not really able to have person-to-person community. And I think we as human beings, it is important to who we are spiritually and emotionally and physically to have that community. You know, and it made me really respect it and not take it for granted anymore. Community is community, no matter how you find it. If we can stay connected to each other right now, somehow anchor the big rituals of life however we can, our post-pandemic reunions will be even sweeter. Susan and Mark's wedding is a reminder of how important it is to keep our people close, even if it's over a computer screen. Life isn't normal right now. We're all experiencing different kinds of loss. But sometimes, in spite of it all, we have some really good days. Such a lovely, lovely day. That story was produced by Michelle Dallenberg and edited by me. Special thanks to those who are members of the neighborhood on Patreon. If you want to support the show and telling stories like this about connecting to the humans around us, throw us a few bucks at patreon.com slash neighbors. You can join our kind, intelligent, and thoughtful community there as well as get a few extra things. Our sonic logo at the top of the show is from Dallas Taylor and DeFacto Sound. You can check out his podcast, 20,000 Hertz, anywhere you get podcasts. Music is by The Blue Dot Sessions, and this song is by Dan Burns. Leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts because my life is determined by these numbers. I'm Jacob Lewis, and I'm reminding you to get to know your neighbors. Neighbors is a production of Great Feeling Studios.